0: We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. We're back on track, on the floor, scoring Morris 94, and the Knicks are hardcore, and I'll tell you like this, we ain't never look sharp, we're
1: Hubert You are now listening to the Knicks State of Mind Podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts... Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody and welcome to a special episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Uh, we're recording this one because of the breaking news that was reported earlier today that the New York Knicks have finally completed the trade sending out Carmelo Anthony and he's being traded to the OKC, uh, OKC Thunder. And I, for me personally, well, as I mentioned the last time we talked about the, this trade rumors, I, I was getting frustrated with it, and I wanted the Knicks to just trade him for a washing machine, get it done. So it's finally, finally over. The melodrama, the era in New York has came to an end. And Chip, what are your thoughts and reactions from this trade?
0: My first reaction was that I'm glad it's finally over. Much like you. Uh, my second reaction was. I didn't like the deal Mm -hmm. because I thought the Knicks were one of the worst teams in the NBA last year, and they traded for arguably one of the worst, well, inarguably, actually. I think Ines Cantor is one of the worst defensive big men in the NBA, Uh, and Doug McDermott is certainly not a stud on defense Mm -hmm. at all, but... I mean, the Knicks were really backed into a corner, and then Adrian Wojnarowski released that uh, report later on that said Mello said no to the Trailblazers. Hmm. So the Knicks really didn't have many options. I mean, uh, the only thing that I was holding out on was uh, the Portland thing. So yeah. Like uh, Mo Harkless, Noah Vonley, and Portland thing. Yeah. Uh, the most important asset that comes out of this may be that 2018 Volts pick, because that could be a really – 2018 full second round pick because mm-hmm. that could be a really high pick and you they could get a good player out of that. Um, as far as the next cancer goes, uh, because that's he's the bigger name out of those two guys. Uh, I mean, Knicks fans are probably going to be upset about that contract. Uh, like I, I mentioned, I was more upset about how to I think I spoke about this on Twitter today, though. I mean, uh, I really like his offense and I think his uh re- he's one of the best rebounders in the nBA but and that'll uh and that'll help chris Stapps. but uh his defense is a problem um he makes a lot of money uh he'll make eighteen million dollars this year and he has a player option for uh almost nineteen million dollars in the eighteen nineteen season but that's the last year of his deal and the Knicks are the Knicks aren't going to be good in the next two years. Yep. So that's what they're looking for deals that they're going to that we're going to expire in the short term. And McDermott is on the last year of his rookie deal. So who knows? I mean, if he works out, then they could sign him and probably for a, a, a moderate contract. I mean, I still believe that McDermott can be a good player. Yeah. I don't know how much you've seen him, Matt. I still think he'd be pretty good. I know last year he regressed. But in his second year, it looked like he was about to break out. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was awesome from three-point range. He was uh, 43. He was uh, 42.5% from a three-point range in his second year. I have his uh, metrics up here from his uh, second year three-point shooting. Uh, He was 43.3% on catch-and-shoot threes in his second year. He was a knockdown shooter. So it looked like he was about to break out in this coming year. And then he just, he just kind of regrets, you know, he sunk down. He was only 37% on three. Uh, he averaged nine points both years, but you would have liked to have seen him, uh, go up to, I don't know, like 12 to 15. And maybe with the next, he will, because I think he'll get more shots. You know, uh, he averaged eight year eight uh, eight shots per game the second year and seven and a half is, uh, this past season. So I think he'll get more shots with the Knicks, and you know he's only twenty five years old. He turned twenty five in January. Uh, like I said, I'm a big believer in Doug McDermott. I've been a believer in Doug McDermott since he was in college. I've been a fan, and I like the. I liked that they got him in the trade. I also would have liked that they could have gotten more. I really liked uh, Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant. They mm-hmm. have there. I really would have liked that they could have gotten him. But I also understand that the Knicks really have no leverage whatsoever. So uh, I doubt they could have uh, done any better than this, you No, know, uh, knowing now that Carmelo said no to Portland. What do you think, man?
1: Well, yeah, first of all, when I, I didn't even hear the news, breaking news on on the television, I actually um, was at a family function today, and I walked into it, and um, it was my grandfather who told me that Camelo Anthony was traded. And the first thing I was thinking was, "Lord, please let it be Portland." That was just, when I heard the trade. I was hoping that it was going to be the Portland Trailblazers just' because Chip, like you mentioned just before, and something that we have talked about on the show, we both feel that the best trade partner for the New York Knicks to get a, a nice package from was Portland. Um, but I And I said, I said, please tell me it was Portland. And they said, no, OKC. Okay, he says he can't remember the players. Well, right off the bat, I said, I guarantee you we got Cantor. And he said, yeah, he was one of them. He didn't know the others. So I went in on ESPN the look. And look, um, first thing I said about Cantor, you're going to get a lot of offense from him. Absolutely no defense. Um, I, like I, I told him, I told my grandpa, I said, you know what, my little cousin, Riley, about 10 years old, I said I think he can score on Cantor. That's how bad he is defensively. He's such a liability on that end of the floor. So, you know, his reaction was the same thing that we always talk about. Well, that fits the Knicks. They don't play defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm not thrilled about getting another guy who does not defend. Um, he kind of reminds me. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Eddie with uh, Whippy Goldberg when she becomes the coach of the uh-huh. Knicks, and uh, it's the Russian guy that sits there and says Ivan make basket. Well, Cantor's yeah. not I Russian, but yes. he, he yeah. his response is Cantor make basket. That's that's <laughs> what he's doing. There's no defensive bone in him whatsoever. And talk about the team being soft. It's going to be very frustrating to see him on the floor struggling defensively. Now, again, he could put the ball in the hoop, solid rebounder, but it's going to be one of those things where you, it's going to be hard to see him on the floor in the fourth quarter if it's a close game because you're playing five on four on that end. So, you know, is there some value in Cantor? Yeah. I mean, he's somebody that the league definitely likes. Um, you know, he, he has his moment. Uh, there's stretches where he's tearing it up, um, you know, a, a – Very gifted offensive player, very interesting player really throughout his whole career because a lot of people might not realize that he went to the University of Kentucky and never touched the floor because of eligibility issues. So never played a a single minute in college, jumped right into the pros, and has done a, a very nice job offensively. And I think you're not going to get much from him defensively. I don't think he's going to develop into a defensive player. Again, it's just not in his his DNA. Um, but 14 points, six rebounds, you'll take that. I think those numbers possibly could go up because I think he's going to get more minutes with the Knicks. You know, there was times where he played about uh, 20 minutes or so with OKC, kind of split that time with Steven Adams. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's going to play – I wouldn't say about 30 minutes, but I think he'll be right up there. So I think his scoring numbers can go up. Um, His rebound numbers are going to go up. I think that's obviously the big piece in the deal. Now, Doug McDermott, you asked me how I feel about him. I was a fan of him too. Um, I watched him a lot in Creighton. Uh, Guy was a flat-out scorer there, basically did everything. I think he averaged 30 points a game. Uh, he was right up there in some of the highest points per average in college with some really big names. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that he, he's a basketball player. So do I like him? I think he has a chance, like you said, Chip, that he can still be a pretty darn good player. Um, I feel like, like you said, he kind of did he, – he struggled. He hit a wall and, and really kind of, you know, took a step back from you know his rookie year and the way he was playing early on where it looked like he was going to be a really, really nice player. I think with the Knicks, he's another guy now that is just going to get an opportunity. And I think with that opportunity, I think he's going to be a nice player. I, I do. Now, moving on with the pick, Chicago's pick, I wasn't thrilled that it was a second-round pick. I understand that's maybe what we can get. I was hoping if we're going to trade Carmelo Anthony, let's try to squeeze a first-round pick. So it didn't happen. I mean, I, we're at least stacking draft picks, and that's what's going to be needed. as we, we talked about that last week when we were talking about the draft lottery reform, That uh, how important it is to build through the draft, and that's what the Knicks are going to need. Um mentioned last week that people were very optimistic about this team actually being good. Uh with Carmelo Anthony gone, there, there's there's no hope of that. We're, we're going to have a pretty mediocre season, I think it's safe to say. I think uh, I just saw that they predicted the Knicks for 30 wins or in the 30 wins again. I think that that can probably be even lower now. So, you know, I, I think really from all this, and again, like I mentioned in the opening show, I'm just glad that it's over. But something that we talked about the last time we were talking about trade rumors with Melo it's all on Porzingis' shoulders now. He's the man. Man, he's the main man. He's gonna be the one taking the heat from the press. There's no more Camelo Anthony to take that from him. Christopher Porzingis, this is now your team, so you have to rise to the occasion. So that's what I want to see. Um, and, and Chip, I'm gonna kind of ask you. I know now with all these teams that are stacking out west. You know, you got Houston, you got San Antonio, Golden State. I. I Really quick, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts about this. This is something I've been hearing. But with that, do you think as tight the competition is going to be in the West, would you say that Golden State now has you know, is a clear-cut favorite still? Or do you think it's just going to be total chaos? The teams are going to beat up on each other so much that there isn't a lock in the West for a championship series or, or the finals appearance?
0: I think Golden State is still a clear-cut favorite. I really do. Plus, they're such a machine. Oh, uh, and now they're going to be even more in sync with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Paul and James Harden are going to need to get some time to get used to each other. And I think that maybe not Chris Paul and James Harden, as because they're such naturally talented uh, playmakers and ball handlers, but... I think Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony. That's going to take some time for mm. those three guys to get used to each other. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, OKC really stumbled a little bit out of the gate. Yeah. So uh, Houston, I don't think they will because that's such a system offense, and Chris Paul is so smart that I don't. He'll pick it up right away. He probably already has picked it up. Yeah. So cool. uh, I think they'll be fine. But I think Golden State's going to get the number one seed, and I would, if I was betting, I'd still bet on Golden State. Uh, I feel bad uh, for the San Antonio Spurs fans. No one's even talking about them mm. for the first for the first time with no one talking about the Spurs. I feel comfortable saying I don't think the Spurs got a shot this year.
1: Okay. I I I think about that, and I just you know just what you always see. Anytime that you count out the Spurs, they somehow find a way to get relevant and and never go away. But I I certainly see that all these other teams in the West are stacking up. That yeah, they can certainly be pushed out of of a title contention. Um, And and I know you kind of just touched on it a little bit about you think OKC. Melo, Westbrook, um, and Paul George are going to need some time to mesh and, and come together. They're going to they're going to have to figure that out. And basically, what kind of role do you see Carmelo Anthony playing? And, and do you think it's a good fit for Carmelo Anthony to play with Westbrook and PG thirteen?
0: I think it's a good fit. I think he, if he is willing to play the third role, it's a good fit.
1: Okay,
0: uh, the third wheel, left like the Kevin Love, Chris Bosh role. That's the role that I see him playing. Because he's the third best player on that team.
1: Yeah,
0: He's the third option. And uh, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer wrote a great article saying uh, that uh, this is the time for uh, the Thunder can unleash Olympic Mellow. Yeah. This is where Mellow can just be the guy who he doesn't need to be, you know, uh, super Mellow every Mm -hmm. game. He can just be a spot-up shooter. Yep. And he can do that yep. because, like I said, he's the third best player on that team. And he's not going to, he's going to be Kevin Love or Chris Bosch. He can just, if he wants, he can just stand in the corner and uh, post guys up yep. the whole game. And look, like I've said before, I, on the show, I, I don't know if Melo's going to be totally comfortable taking that role. Like, Melo going to be from, like, 18 shots a game to 14 shots a game? Does he really? I don't know if I see him as that guy, but playing with Russell Westbrook, you got to expect to be that guy. I mean, two years ago, Kevin Love took fewer than 13 shots a game. So, I mean, he's not going to take as many shots as he used to, but if he's willing to change, then yeah, I think it can work. But that's a big if, and also Russell Westbrook needs to be willing yep, to
1: change. That's the big thing
0: because because he wasn't willing to change with Kevin Durant, and mm-hmm. Kevin Durant said, "I'm out of here." And uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of ifs there. I think because Westbrook and Mello are both notoriously uh, stubborn with the way they play, and yeah, I think. But they were playing a pickup game together this summer, and I'm sure they both spoke about playing together. And, look, Mello's smart. He knows Russ is the better player. And, like I said, if he's willing to take on that third-wheel role, I think he's going to have a really good year. So, we'll see.
1: Uh, And – that's something I've said before that I think if Carmelo joins one of these teams, he's going to become Olympic Mellow, which I've always talked about being a very, very dangerous player because he doesn't have yeah. to do everything. He just sits there and catches and shoots. I think he's going to be able to turn into this role that everybody expects him to take, you know, having to sacrifice a little bit. I think he's going to do it. I really do because at this point in his career, this is it for him. This is his last push for a title, and I think that is what's in his mind, and I think that's what he has to do in order to win. So I, I actually think Camelo Anthony can kind of change, and I think he's willing to sacrifice shots and, and not really willing to be the man. But it, it's time's only going to tell. It's going to be really interesting because you know you look at like things like cl- uh, clutch stats. Carmelo Anthony is one of the most clutch players in the history of the game taking that last-second shot. So it's always going to become interesting when you have three superstars, three ball-dominant superstars like Paul George and Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, who's going to take that shot. It's going to be really interesting to see. I will say this. I'm very excited that Carmelo Anthony is out of New York finally. And it's not that I hate him. I've said that before. I'm just glad that he's getting another chance or a real opportunity here to play with a, a, a talented team. So I do wish him the best. And since I respect Russell Westbrook so much, I just want to see him beat Golden State. Just so he can stick it back to Kevin Durant. I just think it's the greatest thing. That's all I want to see is Golden State lose to OKC. And that way they can, you know, even all this talk that Durant just did on Twitter bashing the organization. And I know OKC took the high road there. But I'm sure that's stuck with them. They'll get the last laugh. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, but I'm going to change gears kind of back towards the Knicks side of this trade. And I'm kind of curious, Chip, to see how you feel that Enos Cantor and Porzingis, how are they going to work together?
0: Uh, well, like I said earlier, I think uh, Cantor will be great for Porzingis on offense because he's such a great offensive rebounder. Yep. Uh, a couple years ago, he led the entire league in offensive rebound uh, percentage. So he's, and I mean, if you watch the Knicks play the Thunder this year, Cantor and Steven Adams kicked Joe it's ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, it was, it wasn't even fair. And Hernan Gomez too. Hernan Gomez is no match for those guys. I mean, you know, the joke that, uh, the joke that goes on Twitter, their second best offensive play for uh, the Thunder this year, or not the second, the best offense play for the Thunder this year with uh, a Russell Westbrook miss and a, a Steven Adams or an S. Cantor putback. So that was like a design play, it almost looked like. An S. Cantor would be great for Chris Osborne because he's just a great guy to have around the rim on offense, but he's also a not so great guy to have around the rim on defense. Yeah. <laughs> And uh like I was talking uh earlier, um he's so bad on defense that uh I don't think he'll ever be able to play with uh Billy Bill Gomez. And yeah, I, I just look he was uh he was benched in the playoffs yep. against the Houston Rockets by Billy Donovan yep. because he couldn't play against that style. So look I'm I really like NS Cancer the guy I think he's a really obviously a great guy um excited to have a guy like that on the team and in the in the clubhouse or whatever and the locker room and but yeah I, it worries the defense worries me because that was you know <laughs> just uh Yesterday, Jeff Hornacek, in that press conference, put such an emphasis on defense, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about how the team was going to focus on defense, and then they traded for a net cancer a Duff McDermott. But it's just kind of funny. But yeah. like, like, we, like we said, it's not like they had a lot of options. When Melo, uh, I think we both agree that ideally, we would have been able to get some of those young, talented guys from Portland, but Melo wouldn't accept that trade. Yeah. So, so they had no choice, and but they could do, they could have done a lot worse than an S. Cantor and Doug McDermott. Mm-hmm. E. You know what? They could have taken on Ryan Anderson's contract. Yep. That would have been a damn disaster. Yep. So they could I have heard. did what the Pacers they did. did they could
1: have did what the Pacers did and just got robbed on a deal. Yeah. I mean, so I don't think it's a catastrophic deal for them. Um, I think necessarily, I think the the X factor in it could be McDermott. I, I still think. We don't know what kind of player that he can be. He's kind of had some ups. He kind of had some downs. Um, but, I mean, and do I expect him to be the scorer that he was in college? Of course not. But if he can become a consistent threat, this that can be a piece that helps the Knicks later on down the road. Um, and I agree with you that offensively, Cantor and Przingis can work well together because, like you said, they both are very skillful offensively, and it should give them some space to do work, they can do a high low kind of attack. You know, with, um, you know, Cantor is uh, a good uh, scorer as well as Persingis. So, you know, they, they both can score in multiple ways. So you don't necessarily have a bunched up paint. You know, both of them are not necessarily um, post scores. Basically, so you don't have to really worry about that. Um, I think the spacing kind of works out well because if, you, if you're double teaming Przingis, well, you know, Cantor has uh, an advantage, I think, um, and vice versa. So, the spacing wise, I, I think it could work. I think both of them, are – like I said, I think Cantor is going to put up some uh, career highs this year in points. Um, so, you know, basically, though, if you are given this this trade, scale one through 10, What would you give it, Chip?
0: Uh, You said 1 through 10? 1
1: through 10, 10 being the highest. What would you Uh, rate this?
0: Oh, boy. Well, given perspective based on all the – it's on everything, uh, I can't give it like a really high grade because it's not like they got a game-changing player back. But like like I said, they could have done a lot worse. So I guess I'd give it like a 6.
1: Yeah, I'm right with you. I'm maybe there are six, trying to be a little bit more optimistic, given it about a seven. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, like you said, I don't think they got robbed. Um, I think, like, it could have been a lot worse. So, you know, look, as bad as it looks this year for them, I'm still excited to see this team. I'm still excited to see some of these young players. Um, I'm just itching to see Neil Aquina finally play. Um again as we keep talking that preseason tips off for them October third. Um
0: yes, thank God yeah, and, and real basketball and hot yeah. rumors and stuff.
1: As painful <laughs> as this team could be, you know, i I wanna see it. I wanna see what they're looking for. I'm not expecting the results in the win loss column or, or you <laughs> know high win columns. I I'm looking for the future and and seeing how some of these picks um would certainly you know, develop and see if they're going to be a part of our future. So that, that part is still exciting. You know, if, if you pay attention just to the, the record, you know, th- there's a bigger picture here. Um, so the development of these young players are, is certainly crucial and it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but Chip, do you have any final thoughts from this, this, uh, this completed trade? Uh, I don't
0: know if I have any final thoughts. Uh, I, uh, Oh, I do want to do a quick shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> I did a little, I wrote my uh, feature on Carmelo that uh, went up on Elite Sports NY about uh, how, he, uh, left, uh, how he left New York the same way how he came in and how fitting it was because uh, he fought his way into New York with management and then uh, fought his way out of New York with management. I just thought that was a really interesting mm-hmm. take. You know how he fought with Denver? Yep. So he did. So uh, I did a little feature on that that's up there. It's on my uh, Twitter, and you can find it at Elite Sports NY, my Twitter at Shipper Murphy. And uh, tomorrow, uh, we're talking about Ines cancer and Doug McDermott. We're filming this on Saturday, September 23rd. And uh, we're going to try and have this up on Saturday night for you guys. And uh tomorrow I'm gonna have a uh profile on uh a Cantor and uh Doug McDermott up on the uh site tomorrow morning because probably not a lot of Knicks fans know too much about an F Cantor and Doug McDermott. They may know some about McDermott from Creighton, like we were talking about from mm-hmm. Creighton, but I'm gonna try and get some information about the new Knicks that came back in the deal. So yeah, the uh just uh that pretty much yeah i don't know man uh what about you
1: my final thoughts of it is just wishing carmelo anthony the best again this is something that needed to happen it's it's best for both parties um you know it did turn ugly it did get overplayed and got frustrating um i know fans started getting irritated with carmelo anthony we're actually booing him at the garden but you know, when you think back, Melo did a lot. He he did make the Knicks interesting again, even if it was a little spurt. You know, we we had some good times with them. Um, obviously, as of late, there, there's been some frustrating dark times. But um, you know, look, I, I think he did a lot more for the Knicks. He he stayed when he could have left. He tried a little bit longer, but it's just clear that this team wasn't going to win with him. Um, so. I wish him the best. Um, I'm definitely still a Camelo Anthony fan. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that he has all the success at, uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And, again, I really hope he beats Kevin Durant in Golden State. That would make me very, very happy. I don't know if he's going to win a championship. I would say he has a better chance, obviously, right now where he's at. But I still don't sit there and say that Camelo Anthony is going to get a ring. But I do wish him the best. And if it's not the Knicks – that can't get a championship, or perhaps maybe Melo can finally get a ring, or my boy LeBron James. So um, with that, we're going to wrap it up, and we will be back with a full episode uh, next week with the Nick's State of Mind podcast. Again, this was just a a special episode dedicated just to this Carmelo Anthony trade uh, that was completed earlier today.
0: So we'll be back next week for another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast.